Yeah, and we're back up with part two, and I'm on the tequila, boys. God, that is strong. <laughs> what, what sort of tequila are we drinking? This podcast episode is sponsored by El Gimidor Resposado. Oh, it's the good one. It is the good tequila. I made margaritas last week at my place for me and somebody else, and it was they were strong. Yeah. Oh, mate. El Gimidor. They were delicious. They caused a great Saturday night until she decided to vomit Sunday morning. On the carpet. No, oh. not on the carpet. In a bucket. She, it was in a bucket. I'll say, I was if it's in a bucket, get a bucket. It's fine. All in the hero. All right. Um, well, this is part two. The, um, I was going to say not AFL bit, but there's so yeah. much AFL to come. Just not relevant yeah. AFL. <laughs> yeah, the looser part. The yeah. last part was pretty loose, but this is the looser part. If you're listening to this and you think this is the looser part, go listen to part one because that was quite loose. I feel like we talked nothing on that grand final. That is true. But this one is sponsored by Tequila. So This one is sponsored by El Gimidor Reposado. El Gimidor. Drink. Also my ex-nickname for Jamal. <laughs> Mate, no one calls me Jimmy anymore. It's weird. No, I'm the only person. Yeah, and like anyone from high school I catch up with. It's like, oh, Jimmy, I'm like, oh, I haven't heard of that in a while. Yeah. I feel like I was the person that started that nickname. You were. Just... You were. Because Jamal was too hard for primary school Ash to say. <laughs> and just suburban white kids in general. They're like, Jamal, where the fuck are you from? <laughs> yeah, I'll just call you Jim. Yeah, Jim's easy. Um, do we want to touch on the rugby? I only watched oh, the touch on the rugby. I mean, look, um, yeah, the storm. I mean, it's such a difficult year for Victorians in general, but especially Victorian sporting organisations. To to have a Victorian side win the uh, the netball, the rugby league, and the uh, Aussie rules is an incredible achievement. Clean sweep away from home. I was, yeah, that's very impressive, especially. Um, as you noted, the conditions that we're under down here. Um, yeah, good stuff. Yeah, I mean, the Vixens were incredible all year. Storm have been incredible for a long time, especially with their superstar player turnover. Like, to be able to win this flag when, in the last couple of years, the greatest fullback of all time in Billy Slater has retired and Cooper Cronk has gone up to Sydney. That's to a, be able to reinvent yourself under Cam Smith, who is 760 years old and has played 7,000 games, and the Ballyache, who just continues to get crankier and crankier but keeps being successful, is uh, it's an incredible effort. Yeah, no, that's a that's a I say outside of the uh, cheating scandals, a good organisation. <laughs> I mean, it's almost, it's arguably more impressive to bounce back from those cheating scandals the way they have and just been as successful as they have been. Yeah, it's... um, it's Maybe not as successful, but as consistently excellent as they have been. They're definitely the envy of the rest of the uh, competition. They're almost the Sydney Swans of the AFL in a way. Like, they, they live outside the heartland. They're, like, they're out of the bubble, but they just continue to be excellent. Yeah. 
Well, no, Sydney, well, Sydney and or West Coast, really. Yeah, no, that's a fair... West Coast sides have been consistently very, very good and won premierships in the last 10 or 15 years. Yeah, no, that's a very good comparison. Um, yeah, especially as you said, no one really cares about rugby league down here. Not not cares, but like it's not what it is up north anywhere. Yeah. And I mean, I um, I know we've sort of moved on from AFL, but at the same time, it's an excellent achievement from both Richmond and Geelong to be able to play in a grand final when neither of you have been home for so many months. Yeah. And you have to play. And like Brisbane and Port Adelaide, who were the two preliminary final sides that they had to beat, have both spent so much time at home and played so many games at home. And playing in front like of spend, as well. Exactly. To, to spend so much time out of home and to play that well is an incredible achievement for the, the Vixens, the Storm, um, and all the successful Victorian AFL clubs. Um, so what I've taken from that is Victoria, the place to be. Well, no, Victoria, the place to be from. Yeah, that's and the place not to be. A motto that I have taken to heart. Yeah. Well, you got out early. Victoria, the place to originate from. <laughs> Victoria, a place. <laughs> Victoria, the place to fuck off from. <laughs> I'd love to see that on our number plates. Ah, oh, yeah. Just to be a little bit self-aware after this. I'd love to see that on a different state's number plates. Like the New South Wales number plates start saying, Victoria, the place to fuck off from. Mate, I'm pretty sure uh, New South Wales had more cases than we did today. Yeah, mate, but I don't think it should be a daily comparison. Let's, let's do the last month. No, 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 no. Give me this one. <laughs> no, we're not giving you any. 140 days. Yeah the epitome of the Daniel Andrews supporter going well. We had none today, so good on him because he's got the numbers down. Yes, but he let the numbers get back up in the first place. Yeah. Well, you know what? Anyway, what it is. Um, I'm going to jump into my list because... Oh, the list. Relevant. I'm excited by the list. And I think it'll spark a little bit of debate. Maybe not too much, but at least some. I've gone for top five grand finals I've ever watched. You've ever watched? So not just in your life. So there is one mentioned from 12 years before I was born. Oh, not 12, eight. Yeah, all right. I can probably guess what that is. So I've got, so it's a top five. I've got two honorable mentions. I've got 2010, the first leg, the draw. It's not in your top five. No, because the second leg was brutal. And I'm going off... No, but they've got to be separate entries, surely. But it was the same year. You come out with one winner. So I think two... They're two separate grand finals. That's that's true. But I've gone for like pure entertainment factor. And as good as the first one was, the second one really didn't deliver. Okay. Uh, Uh, Okay. It's your list. I'll yeah. accept it. Yeah, and that's... I'm hoping this will spark some sort of debate. And the other honourable mention is 2016. Um, oh! Yeah, I'm, 
I'll be honest, if 2008, 13, 14, and 15 feature in the top five, I'm going to call bullshit on the list. You'd be... And actually, I already know what one of them is because one of them is a Hawthorne Premiership. You know what Definitely one of them is going to be 2008 because Stewie Jude tore it apart. So if all five of the top five are Hawthorne Premierships over Tom Boyd tearing Sydney to shreds and Brendan Goddard and Lenny Hayes doing their utmost best to drag St Kilda over the line. You're going to be surprised. I may throw this computer against the wall. This will be the end of the last call. The, the one and two are, are very biased, but five through three. Right. The number so, five. So I know what one and two are already. If 13, 14 or 15 feature in five, four, three. They don't. You're out. They you cut off. The last call is done. I'll be doing it with Chloe from now on. <laughs> Number five. Um, underdog, considering who I barrack for. 2012. Oh, Nick Malcheski. That was the Lewis Jetta outrunning Sil Rioli on the wing. Very yep. exciting game. Nick Malcheski broke my heart that day. Yep. I was sitting in a bar in Phuket in Thailand. Obviously not drinking because I was 14, but just sitting there going, wow. Very good game. This was uh, about five days after the greatest brown players of, of all time that then got reversed. <laughs> um, number four, 2006. But yeah, no, good call. What's a good goal? 2006. I got West Coast over Sydney by one point. Yep. Very good. And I just have like a bit of affinity for that era. Tight, scrappy, hard-hitting. Which leads into number three, 2005. Yep. Um, Sydney over West Coast, which kind of sparked this little uh, little rivalry, but also... I mean, that is maybe the greatest grand final call of all time. It's hard to argue. Uh, there haven't been many moments since or before that that warranted such a call. And caught... Get Quartermain back on the grand finals. That's what. That's all I ask. Yeah, I mean, arguably, as much of the excitement of that call, uh, even like over quarters and Robert Walls and that was the count-up clock for the last five minutes, the five-minute warning. Oh yeah, when it turned to the uh, red, was it red? Red zone. Red. No, five-minute warning was what it was. Yeah, and it was direct. Yeah, and it was like going up. Two. You have no idea when it's going to finish. Um, number two, 1989. Arguably one of the greatest grand finals of all time. Um, Gary Ablett kicked nine um, in a losing effort and won the Norm Smith. Um, that dude is just a beast. And that was classic um, 80s Hawthorne. Just fun to watch. Just that entire game, just fun to watch. I implore all the four listeners to go uh, look that up on DVD because I'm sure that's the only place you can get it. <laughs> um, and yes, number one, 2008, Stewie Dew, Sil Rioli, w- one of the worst Hawthorne teams to win a grand final against, oh, they 19-3 and three Geelong team? I think so. They were... That game- that game will always hold a special place in my heart because I was there and it was my first grand final. Same. Um, 
and seeing Stewie Jew just rip it to shreds was watching an overweight old Stuart Jew tear through an all Australian backline of Tom Harley and uh, Matthew Egan will always Matthew hold a special Scarlett. place in my heart. Maddie Scarlett. Who else is back there? Yeah, I mean, seeing, seeing the fat kid do well just really gave me inspiration for my footy career. <laughs> um, That's before you lost all the weight. And then put the weight back on. Uh, and then took it off again and then put it back on us. Yeah, but you did well because you were, you were notoriously that kid at school who was just a little bit bigger and you definitely got bullied for it. And then you just lost all of it. Yeah, and then I got to uni and I put put it back on and then took it off again and then I put it back on I'm going to take it off again. It's, I'm, I'm like a fucking yo-yo. The vicious cycle. But that is my top five grand finals I've ever watched. I would like to reply with a counter list. Of course. For the first time ever, a counter list to the list. Dun, dun, dun. My number five best grand final ever well, I say ever, that I've ever seen, but I have never watched a grand final all the way through from before I was born. So mm-hmm. 89's out. 93, I've watched the highlights of, but I haven't seen all of it. So we're just going from 2000 onwards. Yep. Number five is the first 2010 one. That was ridiculous. Darren Jolly kicked the first goal. Brennan Goddard tore it to shreds, absolutely should have won the Norm Smith and I should have won the double sweep. I had Jolly for the first goal. I had Goddard for the Norm Smith and he got robbed by Lenny Hayes. But if, if that ball bounces like a normal football should, Stephen Mill runs onto that, they kick goals and kill them with the flag for the first time in 50, what, six years. Something like that. 66, so that's 54 years. It was 66? I thought it was 56. Oh. Um, but yeah, no, that grand final, incredible. As much as I hate Collingwood. Yeah, no fair. Was very good. They were very good the next week. That was an incredible grand final. Number four is 2016. The Bulldogs, just such underdogs, should never have made it to the grand final. It should have been an all-Sydney grand final. Great story. GWS were clearly the better side of the week before, but the Bulldogs pulled off that upset. The baby Bulldogs, they could be dubbed, really. Like, the baby Bombers in 93, but the baby Bulldogs in 2016. Bont was young. All of them were young. Stringer tore it to shreds that year and then did nothing ever again and got traded to Essendon. Um, they were just... It was an incredible game. When Tom, when Tom Boyd kicked that goal from the goal square. Brian Taylor was commentating on Triple M and dropped the F-bomb on live on air. It was just a perfect moment and it was incredible. Um, number three is 2006. Yep. West Coast finally getting over Sydney. Like they Forget Geelong and Hawthorne from like 2008 to 2013. Sydney West Coast was the defining rivalry of my lifetime. I that was think. a great rivalry. That like was the two grand finals, that prelim, that qualifying final where Mickey O'Loughlin, Mickey O'Loughlin won the O'Loughlin. first grand race. Just like, 
so many just defining moments and games. There's just so many matches decided by under a goal. It's incredible. And to see West Coast finally get that win after the heartbreak of the year before. Yeah, it's a great game. Number two uh, is one that didn't feature in your top seven. 2018. What an unbelievable game between West Coast and Collingwood. Collingwood got out to such an incredible early lead. Like, I reckon they were five goals in front, weren't they? The West Coast looked gone. It looked over for all money. And then West Coast just flipped a switch. Jeremy McGovern was incredible. Luke Shuey was great. And then, obviously, that last passage of play, McGovern to... Uh, Dom Sheed. No, McGovern to somebody, then to Liam Ryan, then to Dom Sheed, to Mark over Braden Maynard. Could have been a free kick. But Did he get held? That's the real question. That wasn't a hold. It was a block, wasn't it? He oh. definitely got blocked, but who cares? Um, Swallowed. Dom Sheed to dob that goal from outside the boundary line with like a minute to go. It's just incredible. It may have been bumped up a little bit because it meant Collingwood got beat in the last minute, but... I remember uh, where I was for that. I was working. And the bar went nuts. And then number one, 2005, the only moment that matters, right towards the end of the game, Dean Cox kicks it into the forward line. And nothing more really needs to be said. That moment alone cements it as the greatest grand final of the last 20 years, I think. Yeah, no, you can definitely make it. Um, I'm definitely Hawthorne biased, but that 2005-2006 um, era was, it was perfectly written. It was so well scripted. Um, it was, yeah, it was, it was just great to watch. And I'm so glad West Coast won the year after, especially by a point. It, it, it's one of those moments that you just like a perfect rivalry. And then it kind of came to an end because nothing really happened. <laughs> Because, I mean, other sides started taking over here. Yeah, Geelong. <laughs> and that's the counter list. That was fun. Um, so where are we going next? What? All right, we're going to do guess this player. Who am I? Oh, we're going to the quiz. All right, I'm excited. Uh, Ash, warm up that brain. I've taken is in... it. Yeah, go so on. Do I have some parameters to start? Is it like, is it, is there a certain time frame, a certain team? Um, they... Have played in. He retired. He retired in 2013. So he's played in the last. Seven uh, yeah, years. okay. Um, no certain team. Just like. No certain any... team. That comes up later. Uh, okay. So you start at six points. And if you can't get it, it goes all the way down to one. And if you don't uh, get from one, then I don't know what to say. And next week, I will give one of these to you. And we'll Sounds great. And then after this quiz, I have another one for you, which is Essendon related. Oh, no. Yeah. It's a good one. It'll jog the brain. Um, uh, if, I, if I provide an incorrect answer, am I locked out or do I get to go? No, on? no, no. We'll just keep going. So I can guess at every level? Yeah, of course. All right. So who am I for six points? I have played with... Gary Ablett Jr., Travis Varco, Brent Maloney, and Jared Rivers. Jeremy Howe. 
Oh, no, he re- retired in 2013. Play, play with Gary Ablett. Yeah, he didn't play at Jules, so did he. Um, if you get it off this, I will be so impressed. Uh, no, I'll go again. Uh, sorry, go to the next one. For five points, I'm a three-time premiership player. Um, uh, no. Four points. I have played 276 games for one team. So one club player. A very prolific player for one team. And he's won three premierships. Uh, Do you have an idea of the team? Yeah, he probably plays for Geelong. Correct. Would you like the next... Tom Lonigan? No. I don't think Tom Lonigan played that many games. Thought he was in. Remember when he got his... Um, kidney removed, I swear. Yeah, his kidney oh. died. Um, Three points? Yep. This is tough. Three points. I have won two best and fairest for Geelong. He's one of those players that was part of that iconic run, that three, three and five. But he's not one of the big... Yeah, but two best and fairest throws me off a lot. Um, oh, I don't like this. Um, <laughs> it's tough. That's the whole point. Darren Milburn. Nah. Nah. For two points, and you should get it off this, I have a two first name name. So his full Yeah, no, I know. I, I get the... Clue. Basically, two first names. He played on the halfback line. Or a winger. No, I don't have it. Well, my one point was I'm a cat, but you guessed that. Um, Joel Corey. I completely forgot Joel Corey existed. I got to Corey Enright. Ooh. And, uh, uh, Milburn, Paul Chapman. Uh, Joel Corey. Yeah, I, I completely forgot Joel Corey existed. Who best and fairest winner? That was very surprising when I did that. Did All right, that... yeah. That's, uh, that's zero points for Ash. Well done. Next week, I'll try and get you. Yeah. Oh, you're going to stump me with the next one. Um, you want to move on to the Essendon, Essendon quiz? Yeah. So, Essendon's finals run is well documented. So, we're transporting back to 2004 when the last time Essendon won a final. Who won Essendon's best and fairest? Oh, Jesus. In 2004? 2004. All these are well-known Essendon players. Um, like, even to me. And I hate this guy. Matthew I'm Lloyd. Surprised. No. Can I have a... Wait, do, do I get a position? Uh, ooh. Or, and a, no, not initial, but... Uh, now, I don't know what position he played because for me, he played like center half back, but he, he always tagged. No, I'm going to say he's a midfielder. He tagged, or well, in his early days, he was a midfielder. He tagged um, the best player in the opposition team. He's well known for tagging like Judd, Cousins. Um, Jason Johnson. Ooh, same hair color. James 
No, he didn't. Cola. Um, Cola more nah. annoying. <laughs> more annoying for me. First letter of his first name. A. Taron Heffernan? No, he didn't work there. I don't know. Eston Ferris for Essendon. He was also all... Well, the next question is all Australian, but he he, he was all Australian and best and fairest. Um, Wait, is this a who am I? Are they all the same person, all these questions? No, so these... The first two, best and fairest and all Australian team, same person. Um, he was heavily involved... Oh, he punched Mark Williams in the line of the sand game. Oh, Aaron Johnson. No, no, uh, no. Adam Johnson? Ugh, almost there. What's his name? Adam McPhee. Oh, Adam McPhee. Oh, the Frio player. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I was thinking Mark Johnson and Adam McPhee as a mix. Yeah. So Adam McPhee. Yeah, Adam McPhee. Four, yeah. Best and fairest winner. An all Australian player. Here's a layup. Most goals. He's an all Australian player. Yeah, I know. He was awful. Yeah, he was better in the early years. Sorry. Sorry. Go on. Go on. Um, most goals. Um, extra point for how many he kicked. What year? 2004? This is all 2004. Scott Lucas? You mentioned him before. Lloydy? Lloydy. How many did he kick in 2004? 73. 96. He kicked 96 and we finished seventh. Yeah. (laughs) How times have changed. Right. And oldest player at the age of 31. Fletch. No, 2004, sorry. Sorry. Um, Not Fletch, but was a member of the 93. uh, Yeah, obviously not Fletch. Um, Arguably. Hurdy? His greatest player of all time. Jason. uh, Jason. James Hurd. Jason Hurd. Yeah. He wishes he went by Jason at this point. And that was. Essendon in 2004. That's an absurdly hard Essendon quiz. Yeah, well, you'd know all the, you know, Matthew Lewinbergers of the world. <laughs> the, I forgot uh, Matthew Lewinberger played for Essendon. Would you like to play somebody that you haven't thought of in a while? Yeah, go on. Do you have a sting for it? Do you have uh, a sting? Uh, uh, Was that Nick Davis? That was Nick Davis. The best thing about that call from Hutto is that he's a Geelong supporter. He was so excited yet so heartbroken inside. Good for him. That's that's good commentary. That's good. Yeah, he's the best commentator in the league. Clearly. Um, okay, so new segment. Rules are they have to have played in the last 15 years, so since 2005. Mm-hmm. And if we've thought of them this year, it's not a point. And we keep going until we find someone that we haven't thought of in a while. Define a if while, it, though. Uh, this year. All right. If we haven't thought of them this year, if we can't justify how we've thought of them this year, it's a point. And if it is from somebody, if it's from the other person's team, so if I find a Hawthorne player you haven't thought of, Mm-hmm. Or if you find an Essendon player I haven't thought of, it's a bonus point. It's two points. I feel like this game will be over very quickly. I mean, do you want to go first? 
Um, now you go first. All right. Danny Jacobs. See, I haven't thought of Danny Jacobs in so, so long. <laughs> See, that's almost a triple point because he's an Essendon and Hawthorne player. But he's been in Hawthorne player in the last 15 years. That's two points for Ash. You get one retaliatory point. If I've thought of them, you just you lose. I was like, I guarantee you haven't thought of this player. Anthony Grover. Ah, the Fremantle player. See, it's so easy to just be like... Yeah, no, okay. All right, you get that. Um, should we go well, until we... It just goes to my turn. Yeah, should we go until yeah, we... we have thought of this person? Yeah, we keep going until there's a... That we have thought. Um, so I'm on two, you're on one. Jonathan Hay. Ah, oh, mate. I swear I brought up Jonathan Hay like two weeks ago when we were talking about that um, the Dean Solomon goal. I've definitely thought of him this year. I, I swear. Right, I right. really... it's, not, it's not a point then. Right. Um, oh, it, you do get one more turn though. This is the last round because you got a zero. But... All right. This is um, a risky one. Israel Folau. Nah, sorry, mate. Ah, because I was talk- I was uh, telling somebody about Carmichael Hunt and how shit he was and how he kicked a goal against Richmond to win the game, and I was like, "Is he Flowers the only other player?" Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. So I um, look, I'm winning. Yeah. Unfortunately for you, but I'm not winning at the uh, who am I game? Who am I? Ash Zero. Haven't thought of in a while. A2, J1. Easy. Well, I'm excited to research obscure early 2010s um, North Melbourne players. I was so excited when I thought of Danny Jacobs. I was like, oh my goodness. I haven't heard that name in ages. He was barely a fan. Yeah, I was like, oh, he played for Hawthorne. Oh, he also played for Essendon. Oof. God damn. Um, what else has caught your eye in sport this week? I just want to talk about um, soccer, but not really. So there's a team in La Liga, uh, which is the Spanish division, uh, Valencia. And in the off season, or like the transfer window, the owner has basically sold all their good players, hasn't brought anyone in, and their daughter, the daughter of the owner has been flaunting basically that it's like, Oh, it's my team. Um, and you know, fuck all the fans. So the fans have paid a mariachi band to follow around the owner of Valencia to annoy them just every day. Where they go. And I think that's a win for the fans. I mean, it, it's utterly fucking ridiculous, but yeah, wonderful. I love that. That's, that's Spanish soccer in, one that's just in one statement they're fucking nuts over there um also in soccer news in the netherlands ajax beat vvv venlo 13 nil a professional a professional league a professional first division league 
one team beat another team 13-0. That's the equivalent of Geelong beating Melbourne by, what was it? 226 points. Yeah, that's an incredibly bad day. Hey. Um, Wow. What are you doing? Like 13-0? Like, just... 13 you're just vibing. I think you're just going, well, maybe next year. But just like, surely at like 6-0, you've got 10 men behind the ball. You've got 10 men in a straight line on the goal line. Just being like, nah, no one's getting in. Mate, I once played a... You may have played also a, um, a high school footy game and... We were 200 points behind. I remember that game. And we had 17 like pats on the back. We were playing St. Pat's on the back oval. Yep. Sam Rummel kicked eight by halftime. So our, our rugby-minded coach decided to put Dara as our only attacker. We decided to have 17 backs. And we still got fucked up. So, like, it can happen. It really does happen. Um, it's like when we used to play... Um, as Mount Clear under 14 reserves, um, Golden Point didn't have enough players to field a first and a second team. So they just sent their first team to the under 14 reserves and belted everyone. I remember. Yeah, and Jasper used to pants us every week. Jasper, and then eventually we poached him for the under 16s. We did too. Did they ever win a grand final? That, Mount Clear? That the um, Geordie Chez. Era of yeah, they, they won the 16s. All right. So I'm, they got beat I'm, by I'm, East in the 12s. They got beat by East in the 14s. And then by, by the 16s, they poached Jasper and Jack McNabb from point. They poached... Uh, Did Blake Thompson ever come around? Alex Ross. Oh, Ross from Redan. They poached Angus from Skipton. Um, and just, like, dominated. Yeah. 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 Nice. Yeah, they won that grand final by so far it wasn't funny. Yeah, that's that makes up for when I got beaten the under twelve seniors, and I'll never let that go. I never played in any of them because your dad made me the captain of the reserves. Oh <laughs> god! Uh, ah, and that's goodness. the junior football segment. Um, are we ready for your rant? All right. All right, are we ready for your sting for Ash's rant? Uh, yeah, do it. Dear Mr. President, there are too many states nowadays. Please eliminate three. I am not a crackpot. I want you to get up now. I want all of you to get up out of your chairs. I want you to get up right now and go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and yell, I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Wait, give me something that's... And that's the sting for Ash's rant. Mate, if you could produce anywhere near that quality on the podcast, as you do in the just producing my sting, we may have more than four listeners. I couldn't get the uh, old man yells at clouds. Old man yells at cloud is very much how I feel right now after listening to me be introduced by Grandpa Simpson. <laughs> But this week's multi is a little more Ash yells at old man. It's a pretty simple one this week, Jim. Only three words, 
one coxback. Gus fucking Gould. <laughs> NRL grand final Sunday night. Everyone's settling in for the Channel 9 coverage. A nice banging game between the old Warriors, the Storm, and the young Bucks, the Panthers. I was very excited, just up and about, ready to see what happened. What a game it was. Melbourne absolutely storming out of the gate. Pardon the pun. To a 16-0 lead just before halftime. When just like... Rabsy Warren just like throws down to Phil Gould. And what does old Philly come out with? Well, and I quote Jim at 16 nil. I honestly feel like the Panthers are on top. The run of the play, I feel like they're doing better than the Melbourne Storm. No, Phil, they fucking were not. Melbourne put another try on the board, went to halftime at 22-0, and old mate Gouldy was still on Twitter saying that the score was unfair to the Panthers. He's fucking kidding himself, isn't he? 16-0 saying that the Panthers were on top, 22-0 saying that the Panthers were, on, uh, Panthers were unfairly disadvantaged by the scoreboard. No, no, but I, should, I, I shouldn't be too harsh. I'm sure he didn't mean to be biased. It's not like he was invested either way. Oh, that's right. He was the head of fucking football at Penrith until 2019. <laughs> that's last year. There's a reason the AFL has never had Eddie tapped into commentator Collingwood grand final. Because he would have served up that sort of shit that Phil Gould served up. Just completely barracked for one side. Hated Melbourne Storm, the entire broadcast. But guess what, Phil? Sucked in. Because the Storm got off. Storm got up. Penrith have to go back to Sydney as losers. And you've got to wait another year until your side can finally get there. I'm done. Fuck Penrith. (laughs) And that's Ash's rant. How ridiculous. I was, I was talking to my dad about this. How, how would you compare a 22 nil lead at halftime into like an AFL scoreline? Uh, 60, 67 to 14. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's and then, oh no, yeah, it's, it's unfair to the, the losers because they, they've had a bit of the run of the play. But the thing is like, you can have all the, play and luck for the other team that you want, you're still 22-0 down. Guess what? Even if they had the run of the play, they beat the Storm like 20-4 to in the second half. They're not fucking Premiers, Jim! They still lost the game. Storm are the Premiers! They didn't put more points on the board than the other team. Did they, Goldie? Well, I mean, I, I know Storm won the flag, but you still feel like Penrith have been the best side this year. They're still on top in the grand final. <laughs> I mean, you still More. feel like they may come back and take it off the Storm. They've still got time. There's I time just feel like the, the final scoreline's unfair to Penrith. I mean, Storm are good, and when they're, when they're front runners, they keep the knee on the throat. Possibly not appropriate to say this year, Phil. 
but like you feel like they're front runners, Melbourne Storm. If they're in front, they won't let you get in front. But they're unlucky to be in front, Melbourne Storm. I mean, Penrith have clearly been the better side. That's such a garbage take. It's very unlucky that Penrith haven't had either of their two tries allowed and Melbourne have just scored three. It's very unfair to Penrith. They should be in front. Like, no. Put the points on the board, my guy. Oh, goodness. Anyway, last call points. Now we're due for your multi. You have one? Oh, I haven't done the multi. Oh, the multi. Yeah, no, it's a... um, I know I've said the last couple of weeks that it's been a a guarantee. Just for the listener, I'm on my third mortgage. Well, I've been unlucky. I didn't anticipate Dangerfield getting played forward the whole game because Chris Scott is the only person in Australia that would have thought of that tactic. So I think that I think I was quite unlucky on that front, Jim. I mean, Khabib Nurmagomedov won his fight. A very good win. Uh, the storm on their leg. The uh, the horse race was a little bit uh, not, not great. Aspatar didn't really even come top six. I don't think. Yeesh. And uh, Danger did not win the. Norm Smith. But this week, guaranteed. <clears throat> I've gone for I've gone for um, a multi that is absolutely guaranteed to get people back in the positive. I know I've had a couple of losses in a row, so we're gonna go straight into the positive, guaranteed. Very, very short everything. We're gonna start with a couple of guarantees. First one, the LA Dodgers to beat the Tampa Bay Rays. When they play on what is it Tuesday? Didn't the Rays just win? Didn't they just equalize the series? Yeah, but uh, the Dodgers are going to win the next game. Trust me, they're paying a dollar seventy three. Get around them. Woof. That's leg one. Leg two is David Warner to top score for Sunrisers Hyder about versus the Delhi Capitals. He's been dominating. Delhi Capitals aren't an overly good bowling side. Uh, he's only got to outscore Joss Butler. Really, Johnny Bairstow. Johnny Bairstow's a stupid pom. Johnny Bairstow. $3.25 for that, so that's almost a guarantee. Put the house on that. And then we're getting into your territory, Jim, so you can tell me how good a bet this is. The Carolina Panthers to defeat the Atlanta Falcons. Ah, oh, mate, that's a certainty. All right, good, because we've got a $1.64 for that. Oof. And then fourth leg of the multi is the most guaranteed. Put your house on it. Take out a second mortgage on the house. Put that on it. Absolutely have your life savings on Labor to win the Queensland election Saturday, paying a dollar twenty-five. And that multi altogether, Jim, is paying an eleven dollars fifty-two. That's not bad. I know we've got a- We've had a couple of stupid, sort of like funny multis the last couple of weeks, but this week we're going for quality. We're going for assuredness and we're going for value. So a certain multi at $11.52, put everything you own on it. Let's go. Easy done. I'll see you on the street next week. See you on my third street. 
Mate, you'll be in the Taj Mahal by next week if you put everything you own on at eleven dollars fifty two. To the listener, bank on it. <laughs> bank on it. Ash takes twenty percent, but bank on it. Only nineteen. Don't don't paint me as some greedy Willy Wonka type figure. Nineteen. Nineteen he takes. All right, we're into last. Nineteen is barely twenty. Ah, oh, you've round round down. Round down to Oh, mate. <laughs> Keep the red wine in your mouth, yeah? You're right. I'll round down from 19 to 18. There we go. And 18's basically 17. That rounds down to 15. And if you round it down, that's 10. Which is basically 10. And then if you're 10, based on like a plus of 20, uh, plus or minus 20, 10 is basically zero. So like I 10 think. is like zero commission. But he's still taking 19. But it's basically zero, so don't worry about it. It's a guaranteed win, so don't worry about it. All right. We're on to the last <laughs> call. And I'll start. We're talking basketball. Now, the basketball season just finished two weeks ago. I think about two weeks ago. But the Board of Governors and Adam Silver, the commissioner of the league, are aiming for a late December start. How do you feel about basketball starting less than two months? Oh, about two months after the finals finished. I mean, I feel like every sport on the globe has to be flexible in terms of their schedule and what they're doing and when they're playing. I think obviously two months does seem very short, but I think if it is a positive in terms of the, the broader schedule and the entire schedule, then it's probably fair enough. Yeah, no, it's fair. And they're um, looking to shorten uh, the season by 10 games. So going down from 82 to 72, um, obviously, because the league usually starts in October. Um, and they're yeah looking to 72 games. They'll install back-to-backs and, you know, three and four nights kind of thing. But, yeah, yeah no, I'm um, just surprised they want to start so quickly. As somebody that doesn't know much about the sport or the league, is 82 a significant number? Like, is it a – is it, like, an even amount of – So it's like is, it, 80, is it an equality number or is it an arbitrary number that they just play? So it's it's depends who you ask. Um, for the basketball purist, 82 has been around since the 70s, I think. But um, basically, it's how people um, talk about... It's more of like a stats thing. It's like, how does LeBron yeah, yeah. get his normal stats in a 72 versus 82 yeah. um, game but league? Like in, in terms of context of an AFL season, is like is 72 to NBA what 22 is to AFL? Is it just like a generally accepted but arbitrary number? Or is it like what 17 is to AFL where it's like something significant? No, no, it's, it's about, it's about 22. Um, just yeah. because like, so it's quite arbitrary. Like most fans and most um, NBA journalists that I follow would like a shorter league because they find that it's like in the AFL when like the top four teams are like cemented in the top four and like the top six. And they're like, well, we can kind of just rest our players. Um, yeah, right. And yeah, like 
the last month of NBA basketball was just like, eh, it's pretty mid. Um, so everyone's angling. And maybe this is the start of the reduced season that people want. Because, like, like, you think 72 and 82 is a lot. Bas- uh, baseball play, like, 160 games. Yeah. But, yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not arguing about the amount of games. It's just about, like, whether 22 versus 32 is a matter of an arbitrary number versus an equity number. But if it's not, then I think it's... It's more just for the stats. At least, at least for the short term, then I think the um, 72 is, like, a better result. Just, like, it's a fair result. Yeah, I think if you just get them back on the court, because, like, otherwise, yeah. they were looking um, as late as March and going all through the American summer, and that's just yeah, not what anyone wanted. Exactly. Um, all right, question for you. In terms of the Australian cricket summer, mm. if Victoria is in a similar state to where it is and... Uh, the Boxing Day test can only be played in front of no people mm-hmm. if it's in Melbourne. Should it be in Melbourne? No. Um, I think the, the, the allure of the Boxing Day test is that people go to it. I, I think if it was on any other day, any other test to draw a third of the crowd, um, I think the allure of the Boxing Day test is the atmosphere that it brings? Because what, you get, what, 90, 95,000? Yeah, 80 and 90,000, depending on what country. India this year, so big crowd. Yeah, like Australia, India, Australia, England, you get massive crowds. And I think that's it's it turns into a Sheffield Shield match when you have no crowd. All right, so uh, alternate question. What if Victoria at the point where they're allowed to allow 30,000 fans? You can have it in Adelaide, full house, 55,000, or Melbourne, 30,000 in a 100,000 stadium. Is Adelaide where you go? Is that the next point of call for cricket? I mean, it would be a double up because um, obviously Adelaide, Perth, Brisbane, Sydney already have a test and Canberra and Melbourne, uh, Canberra and Hobart aren't getting the Boxing Day test. Yeah, no. So I, think, I think you would go to... You'd go to a double up, and I think Adelaide would be the next because Adelaide is a gr- Adelaide Oval now that's been redeveloped is fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, um, would you go Adelaide fifty thousand or Melbourne thirty thousand, which would be a a third empty stadium? Who makes the call? Who like who um, decides? Uh, I think it's probably Cricket Australia, but like if you're making the call, if I'm making the call. Am I making the call based on a cricket standpoint or a well-being of Victoria standpoint? Cricket standpoint. Cricket standpoint, I played in Adelaide. So you'd play in Adelaide in front of 50,000 instead of Melbourne in front of 30,000? I think so because, um, like, we are out of lockdown as of Wednesday, but I'm sure (laughs) knowing Dan Andrews, um, it'll be slow. And I think... Like, just assuming that it's 30,000 is a limit. Or, yep. Well, a, a third. Yeah. So, like, 33,000 to 55,000. I think what you, you, you would go, You would go the double up in front of 55,000 instead of, like, the 55 at Adelaide and 33 at Melbourne. 
I think he just switched it around. I think you make Adelaide the Boxing Day test and then whenever Adelaide is, make it in Melbourne. No, it's not going to. I reckon there's a contract. It's like the grand final has to be at the MCG instead of there's like... I reckon there's a contract. The Boxing Day test has to be at Melbourne. And I reckon the MCG will enforce that unless they can have zero fans. I don't think there'll be fans. Not by Boxing Day. No, I think there will. Even 30,000? Uh, yeah, thirty thousand I reckon is reasonable because that's it's a hundred thousand stadium, so that's less than like one every three seats. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fair enough. But I think, well, I think Cricket Australia loses out on a bit of money on that. Um, oh yeah, Cricket Australia is fucked financially. Everybody's fucked financially. Oh, especially cricket. Yeah. Um, usually well, I mean, AFL, AFL as well, because obviously no crowds. Yes. Everybody is just ruined financially. Um, yeah, I think, like, we... Uh, who knows? I'd say swap it around, but if you can't swap it around, then maybe double up it. Because if Cricket Australia, like if I'm not making the call and I'm Cricket Australia, I'd double up because there's no guarantee that Victoria has um, the fans and you know you can get 50, 55,000 at Adelaide. Especially, yeah. is India coming this summer? Yeah, India's coming, yeah. yeah. And like that's a, that's, that's a blockbuster. I'd, uh, would I watch that over Australia, England? Only if, only if we beat England. <laughs> I would currently. I prefer. I'd prefer to watch Australia England. Uh, Australia India over Australia England. I think the Australia India rivalry has been better over the past decade. I mean, the the key thing is that India are better than England. That's true. They have, other than Steve Smith, they have the best batsman in the world. Ooh. And they've got the best fast bowler in the world. Other which makes it so team? exciting for them to play here. Yeah. Uh, you got some fast tracks down here. Like, Coley is obviously great and just, like, unbelievable to watch even down here. Yeah. And Jasper Boomerah is as good, if not better, as Stark or Cummins. Oh, I'd say it's better than Stark and Cummins. No, I mean, yeah, yeah, well, I mean, and that's the incredible battle. And that's why it's more exciting to see Australia India than it is to see Australia England. And England, who who have England got? Now England have, England have got great players still. Like Root and Stokes are great batsmen. Anderson and Broad are still great bowlers. Anderson still playing. Boomerah is so good, and Coley is probably the best player in the world. He's one of the, and I'm, he's probably better than Smith. I think. I think so. I like I like Steve Smith, but Holly is one of the... And I hate him. I hate yeah, him. But it's just lovely to see the, the battle of the best batsmen and the battle of the best fast bowlers on the best fast bowlers pitches. Yeah. Like, it's going to be such a good summer to just lie back on the couch and watch. Yeah, well, for... Um, no, it'll be good. I'm excited. Um, hopefully, we actually have some well, hopefully we're allowed in fucking stadiums by then. 
And That's I know true. everyone else is, but we're not. So, but, but but even still, it will be still good to just watch and lie on the couch and watch when it's interstate. Yeah, for sure. Um, my question is, what happens to BBL? With um, is that going um, on? So yeah, they're trying to push forward. They're trying to like make it as good as they can, but the TV networks have rebutted against them and said we're not paying you anywhere near as much money as you thought we would. Because none, like, there's nowhere near as many great players that are playing. So mm. Cricket Australia lost a mountain of money because of the BBL. Not because of the BBL, because their rights to the BBL were so high before and they've just gone down so much. Is that COVID related? Uh, indirectly. It's, it's not because of COVID. It's because COVID has meant they can't get all the good players that they would normally get. Yeah. So like um, Channel 7 and Fox have argued that the quality has gone down. Cricket Australia have argued that it hasn't gone down. So they're in a legal battle, but like Channel 7 and Fox are going to win because it's clearly gone down. Yeah, and also if the broadcast networks aren't going to pay for it, then like... No, but see, that's not the issue. So, like, it, they, the deal has already been done. Oh, right. Like, Channel 7 and Fox have already, like, made the deal to pay Cricket Australia a certain amount. Um, and now Cricket Australia is saying, well, this is what Big Bash is going to be. And then Channel 7 and Fox are both suing them for saying, well, this is a breach of contract because we're paying you this much and you promised to deliver this product and you're clearly not going to be able to deliver this quality product because obviously much worse or much less quality players. Cricket Australia are actually in quite a bind because they're being sued by both Channel 7 and Fox and currently there is no in-place deal to show international cricket this year in Australia. Jesus. Because both Channel 7 and Fox have said, well, no, you can't deliver what you promised in the contract. So we're either going to pay you less or give you less. And Cricket Australia said, well, no, fuck you. God damn. So it's sort of like an ongoing battle. But I think... So is the Big Bash basically, uh, like not the IPL of Australia, but where all the big names come down for our summer and just whack it out a few times and then get ready for their international teams. Yeah, so that's mainly what the big bash is. But Cricket Australia got really greedy and extended the length of it, but didn't extend the um, salary cap. Yeah. So we just want people to play for the same amount for like twice as long which is fucked for international players. And then they're just like not offering anywhere near as much. Yeah, they got that jobless growth. Yeah, so like they're fucked and like they're, it's all fucked. And then they're expecting clubs to like sign players for the same amount of games for much less money. And it's, it's an awful, awful situation. Like, So cricket's in the toilet. At the moment, cricket in the toy is is basically where it's at. Yes. Yeah. Right. God damn. Um. Well, that's all I had. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that's basically the the entire cricket rant I had as well. So. 
God damn. Any last call points? No, nah, I got nothing. Um, even though there was a lot going on this weekend. No, neither do I. I think um, Bathurst ended up as it should. The rugby league has ended up well. Melbourne are clearly just the dominant sports city. Yeah, well, everyone knew that. Mm. Um, and until next week when we figure out, wow, well, we'll have the quiz, we'll have the, uh, the who am I. Yeah, I think, I think next week we'll, um, it'll just be one, one section. If we flesh it out to two, I'll be impressed. That's possibly true. Although we may have a Nickelback section. Exclusively early <laughs> 2000s Nickelback section. Like 99 to 2000 and what? Five, six? Uh, six, yeah. Yeah. I like it. I like it. <laughs> I'll turn it to a right. review podcast. Well, should we sign off with next contestant? Ah, I can get that up on my phone. You got that on your soundboard? All right, let's go out with next contestant by the Masters Nickelback.